Again, it's a new year, which is, of course means it's a time for resolutions, and we're not going to focus too much on resolutions this morning, but we do want to begin the new year with the right uh, focus, focus on worshiping our Lord and Savior. You know, we don't know what 2018 has in store for us. If it's a good year for us, then we want to praise God, and if it ends up being a tough year for us, well, then we want to draw near to him. So regardless of what happens this year, focusing on worshiping Jesus Christ is a wise way to begin the year. We've asked uh, Matt Pearson to read the scripture for the morning, so Matt, go ahead and make your way on up. As he does, I'm going to ask if you're able to please stand and face the center of the room. And we stand because we believe that this is the word of God. And so, Matt, whenever you are ready, please read from Colossians chapter 3. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of the one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Matt, thank you very much. You may be seated. The passage begins with, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Worship brings a sense of peace. You know, in the New Testament, there are 22 of what we call books of the New Testament that actually aren't books. They are actually letters, or maybe you're familiar with the term epistles. But they are letters. These 22 letters are, some are to groups of people, some are to individuals. But of those letters, 17 of the 22 of them begin with some kind of expression or greetings of peace. Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 2 John, Revelation. They all begin with some kind of greeting like grace and peace or grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, peace in abundance. And since peace is such a common greeting in the New Testament, I always like to kind of read between the lines. If in 17 and 22 letters there's this common greeting of peace, well, what does that probably tell us about the state of the lives of those early believers? it probably means there was lots of chaos in the lives of those early believers. They lived with a great deal of uncertainty, which makes sense because the Roman Empire wasn't always the greatest for you if you were a Christian. Persecution at certain times and certain periods was rampant. And so it would make sense that it would be very common in different correspondence for it to begin with grace and peace to you. Because there was so much uncertainty, you really weren't sure what the state of those people were when you were writing to them. 
And while we don't face the same issues they did, we live with plenty of our own forms of chaos. And at TFRC, we like to use the word chaos as the opposite of peace. Originally, the term chaos would refer to an abyss, a dark, empty void. It's where we get our word chasm. And falling into an abyss is a great metaphor for a life out of control. It would make sense that you would refer to this chaos. And I'm optimistic that 2018 will be a good year, but it's not going to be completely without some kind of chaos for each and every one of us. There are some things that are going to throw our lives into some form of chaos. And I guess a good question for us this morning is how much do you need the peace of Christ? How much do you need the peace of Christ? Peace, a sense of harmony, security, safety, prosperity. And the peace of Christ is not the absence of chaos, but a sense of security within it. And when we come to worship, there is a spirit of peace, peace between us, because we are here together for the same purpose, to acknowledge God's worth, to worship, and also peace within us, because we remember that in our chaos, the peace of Christ is available to us, which I don't know about you, but it's something that I really need to rely on because I don't know what tomorrow holds. You know, I've got plans. I'm assuming you do too. I have plans for my future. I got plans for my kids. And there's always something that threatens those plans. Always something to threaten my well-being, the well-being of my family, the well-being of other people that I care about. And what I need to know is I need to know that even if all of my plans for the future completely fall apart, I need to know that everything is still going to be okay. Even if my plans fall apart, I need to know that everything's going to be okay. I need to know that Christ is watching over me. I need to remember that he offers his peace to me every moment of every day. And worship is a time when we can tangibly experience that peace, the peace of Christ. The passage also says, let the message of Christ dwell among you. And earlier in the letter, Colossians chapter 1, it gives a great summary of that message where it says in Colossians 1 verse 15, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. 
He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. In Christ, all things were created. In Christ, all things are reconciled to God. He is the firstborn from among the dead. And by faith in Christ, we are reconciled to God. And in Christ, we too look forward to the resurrection. And the hope of this message is what inspires us to worship. It's a message that binds us together. Regardless of our backgrounds, it unites us. You know, there are literally billions of believers from around the world who are worshiping today because of this message. Literally, billions of people from all around the world in countless languages worshiping because of this hope of this message. The passage also says to admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. And Christian music in whatever form it takes has always been a powerful means of instilling and clarifying Christian truth. Now that's in part because of the power of music. Music penetrates us to make the message stick. And a really good example of this, something that we've all experienced of how music makes a message stick, well, it's the commercial jingle, right? Right? How, what, what is the reason why so many companies spend so much money on putting their message in a song? Well, the reason is because they know that it will stay with us, obnoxiously so. We've all experienced this. In fact, just going to test it. We're going to have a little participation here. You may not want to, but we're going to anyway. All right? I'm going to start a jingle, and you are going to finish the jingle. And I bet you'll be able to finish every one because of how this works. Okay? It's not a singing contest. Just do the best you can, all right? Five. Five dollar. See, you're pretty good at this, right? Yeah? Like a good neighbor. It gets a little scary. Gets a little scary. Now, there's even some older ones that I bet many of you will still know. My baloney has a first name. It's my baloney has a second name. You see, you got it. I'm stuck on Band-Aid. It's unbelievable. I don't want to grow up. There's a million toys of Toys R Us that I can play with, from bikes to trains to video games. It's the biggest toy store there is. Gee whiz, I don't want to grow up, because maybe if I did, I wouldn't be a Toys R Us kid. That's not in my notes. It's stuck in my brain. Worthless information stuck in our brains. Now look, it's not just the music 
that makes psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit so powerful. It's the message they contain. Look, it's one thing to have a commercial jingle entrenched in our minds. But when we sing, let the walls come down in Jesus' name. Let the lost be found in Jesus' name. Let the church arise to shine your light to the world. Shine your light. Or when we sing, holy, 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 though the darkness hide thee, though the eye of sinful man thy glory may not see, only thou art holy. There is none beside thee, perfect in power, in love and purity. Let that sink into our hearts. And when it does, it will change the way we view the world. You know, there's a group of women here at TFRC who have recently started going to those in near-death situations and singing different Christian songs a cappella. And the power of that is that long after many of our other memories are gone, those songs are embedded in us. And they bring great comfort to those facing death because it reminds them of their faith that will see them through even death. The more we worship God to acknowledge him, the more worship songs are rooted in our hearts and souls, and it changes the way we view the world. The passage ends with, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. This too, doing everything we do in the name of the Lord Jesus, it's a form of worship. Again, the more our worship shapes how we view the world, the more it shapes how we live in it. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Every day we have opportunities to worship God in what we say and in what we do. To worship God with our lives. Everything we do, when we worship God with our lives, everything we do takes on new meaning. God interweaves the big things and the little things of our lives to bring about his purpose. Even the mundane becomes meaningful when it becomes an act of worship. There is not a day that goes by that you don't do something that has an eternal consequence. Every day, there is something that you either say or do that has an eternal consequence. At work, at school, at home, at the store, in a restaurant. Every day, somewhere, your actions had an eternal impact in ways that we cannot even begin to understand. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus because there's a really good chance that it matters in God's eternal plan. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Please pray with me.
And Lord, again, we thank you for the peace and the hope that you offer us. And Lord, as we come to continue to worship you this morning, we ask that you would help us have a tangible sense of that peace. And Lord, as we worship, help the songs that we sing um, sink into our hearts and become embedded in us and transform how we view the world. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.